Thank you for tuning in to yet another episode of Top in the Morning. I am Cameron, your host. Today, my guest I've known for a while. He was all-conference <laughs> basketball in high school, four-year player and three-year captain at the prestigious military college in South Carolina, the Citadel, and a man who's crafty in his penmanship, loving brother, father, and friend, Q, a.k.a. Eloquent Marshall, my brother. What's going on? What's up? What's up? <clears throat> I appreciate you having me on the podcast. Of course, of course. I'm glad you took all this time to drive out here because I know it ain't no, it ain't no, it ain't across the street. Yeah, but it was yeah. worth it though, man. It's good to get behind the mic again. Yeah, I feel it. So first, first and foremost, eloquent. It's the name you've been going by. It's your your pimpmanship name. Can you just go into where that name come from? Where that originate? How did you get into the space of like, yeah, eloquent is what I'm going with. Well, if you remember, we came, we kind of came up with this together, huh? <laughs> you don't remember that? No. Man, we, we was in at the apartment um, by Briar Creek. And my first name was Much Love. And uh, mom told me she didn't like it. I think you told me you didn't like it either. And then it was I was going through different names and stuff. And then uh, I was like, and then I came across Eloquent maybe in a book I was reading or Whatever, and I look, I didn't know the word, so I looked it up. I said, "Oh, that's perfect, that's perfect." And then I told you, and then, and then, like almost at the same time, we was like, "Oh, we could spell it Q U I N T instead of Q U N T." Like we had the same thought, at the same time. You know, I mean, I remember that vividly. You was in the room, sitting on the bed, playing a game. Mm, uh, I came from the kit, uh, the kitchen area, and I walked. Was in. it daytime or nighttime? Ooh. It was probably nighttime. What day of the week was it? Oh my god! I, don't, I, don't <laughs> like, that. I, I I literally don't remember, but it doesn't surprise me. Yeah. So, so okay. So what does eloquent mean? I mean, I know what it means, but like to to you made it personal, so you you spelled it like your own way. So like, what's like you know what what went into it? Okay. So I mean, the definition of it itself uh, is proficient in speaking and writing. Okay. And just okay, that makes sense. Yeah, so and I said, "Oh, that's that's me." You know, uh, I think by that time, I don't know if ah, uh, that's before COVID. So I didn't have the podcast yet, mm-hmm. but I was writing. You know, we started. We both started writing at the same time, twenty seventeen. Right. right. Uh, yeah, I do kind of remember that. Yeah, so we both started writing at the same time. Same time, we learned about Davies, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that was that era. Um, uh, back at five three oh five. Yeah, 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 yeah. That that Davies era. It's actually the same time we actually learned about Joyner Lucas as well. Joyner Lucas, I think, I think, you put me on. Yeah, and then I went put to, on the common. Yeah, and then went to Joyner's concert at Motorco. Yeah, and then did the meet and greet, and he actually took my hat and then signed signed a hat for me that and a bandana for hat. me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He I, wore it the next day in his Instagram video. Yeah, that and was then, pretty dope. Yeah, and then but he he took it down. So yeah, that was concert season. We went to see Logic around that time. Mm-hmm. We did we did a lot of different concerts that time. Yeah, we went to uh, we were in Charlotte and saw Logic and G Easy um, at the same time. And then there was somebody else there too. I can't remember. It was was it why, it why what's his what's his name? I don't mean, um, YG was it YG? YG. There you go. That guy. Oh yeah yeah, 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 YG. yeah. Trash. <laughs> yeah, I don't listen to him, so I really didn't know. But so we we came with the uh, I came with the eloquent name because I found that like I, I think I was reading a book I believe, then so I was like man that's perfect, and then 
like I said, we bounced the idea off each other. And he was like, well, you can spell it. And we, I swear we said it about the same time. Q-U-I-N-T. Instead of, because it's spelled E-L-O-Q-U-E-N-T. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I spelled yeah. Q-U-I-N-T. And then I am Q, so the E is always lowercase, but a Q is the only one capitalized. Yeah. So that, like I said, that's how I made it personal. Right, right. And then it wasn't until later on, and I was uh, I was with uh, this girl, and she was like, yeah, I love your name, because it's, it, it's like your... I think by that time I had a Facebook name, Elliot Quentin, because I had the LLC. Yeah. She's like, I love the name because it's basically your name, Elliot Quentin. And I said... That's that's true. I was like, yo, I didn't know they, that. They didn't, didn't even think about that. I didn't even know. I didn't had no idea. And so, so uh, I think uh, I didn't have the LLC then. I just did Elliot Quentin because I was like my... Um, my alter ego, if you will, you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah, so yeah. I, I didn't want it to be cute because I had to create a whole new Facebook profile, all new, you know, Instagram, all that kind of stuff. Right. So the fact that that came together, I was like, "Oh, that is beautiful." And I had like that was, that was awesome. So, um, and then now in the future, I uh, I did like a TikTok recently, mm-hmm. um, and broke down Ella Queen even more, uh, and you know, Elo was like from Elohim. And that, that's the the creative guy. His name is the creator. You know, that's the creative guy. And then Quint was a five, because um, that meant something as well. So, I mean, it was real, real, real dope. Um, and I, you can go look on my TikTok uh, and, and listen to that. But that's how the name came and how it's progressed. So I love my name. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's very creative. And like our mom is a very creative person. So you run anything by her, she'll she'll figure it out. Um, and then I had a guest on yesterday, Tony, and she was talking about like her business name and how she had ideas for her business and how she came up with the names and like you gotta go listen to that. Like the the idea she has and like the way she comes up with names is like crazy. Um, so let's talk about you being a dad. You like fatherhood is one of the greatest gifts that you can ever have. I mean, just having just having one of you running around, just being able to raise another you, just being able to instill discipline in another you, just being able to see another you, a little you raise up into a them, you know, them, you know, kind of getting their own personalities, getting their own character habits, but you know, it's all kind of stemming from you. So like, what's the greatest part? Uh, So you have two kids now, um, you know, Amara, who is three, and Amelia, who is six, if I'm doing that right. Yeah. So what's the greatest part in these six years? What's the greatest part about being a dad? What's like one thing or two things that you can pull from fatherhood that is like, if you're an aspiring father, this is what you have to look forward to? Well, I have to say first that other than salvation, it is the, the greatest thing. I mean, we had some great times on the basketball court, you know, with friends and that stuff, but being a father... Man, that is literally the number one, uh, number two thing under um, behind my salvation that I cherish the most. Mm-hmm. And I really, one of the most things that I got out of it is the lessons I've learned. Because, you know, without getting too much into it, you know, the, the difficulties I faced mm-hmm. during that. But, man, yeah, did it not teach me so many things. Right. Patience. Right. I mean, perseverance. But, you know, I had that for uh, basketball, but, like, it amplified it. And it made me um, value the time that I have as a father. Because which is some things you hear nowadays, especially with, you know, you know, because I usually date uh, single mom and stuff like that because it makes it easier because we all have kids and everything. 
and you hear like the, the dads don't value time or I see moms not value the time. The fact that I missed out, it made me value every single second. So when they hear it's, it's I'm not trying to do nothing else. I'm just trying to be in their face and, mm-hmm. and do different things. Um, and then watching them grow, that's probably the two most things. Mm-hmm. And being, like you said, being able to be a catalyst for their growth, mm-hmm. whether it be teaching them about the Lord, whether it be teaching them about numbers, whether it be teaching about anything like that, man, watching their personalities grow, the growth, man, just over time, how they come back to you, they come differently because, you know, I get them on the weekends in the summertime. So when they come back or throughout the, you know, six weeks in the summer, oh, man, just watching them grow, their personalities, um, and especially, you know, not especially, but like with Amara, I got to watch every single step. So it's, it's a whole different experience than with Amelia. And and even then, they're two different, totally different kids. And mm-hmm. so just watching them and just figuring out, you know, putting the piece together. How can I uh, get Amelia to do this? Or get because she was a picky eater at first, but now she's starting to eat more. It's like, oh, you know, I used one of my one of mom's tricks. She was like, I don't make anything you don't like. Mm-hmm. So she started trying different stuff. It's like, oh, I like it. Yeah, you know Amara, but she's you know she's a, she's a horse. She eat anything, right? And, and right. I mean, she eat off her plate. Then she go to your plate. Then she go to my plate. I'm like, man, you know, you ever remember you remember the Mary, uh, the uh, the Keller movie, the girl that was blind and she Helen go, Keller, Helen Keller. You remember she goes the movie and she used to go to everybody's plate and eat food. Whatever, I remember that part. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, wow. Well, we, we've, already, we've already had this conversation that, like, no matter what in life, you remember the most bizarre things. Like, we could have something. It could be, like, a monumental moment, right? Like, we could be walking down the street, and we see literally the heavens opened up. We see, like, we, we can see Jesus come down from heaven, and he could give us a whole story like he did in the Bible. And then we can see, like, chariots riding and stuff like that. And then, like, three weeks later, we were talking about a story. And I'm like, yo, you remember, like, when Jesus came down in the chariots and everything? And he was like, yeah, but did you see that, like, that sloth on the ground? And it's like, my guy, like, who, what was you looking at? Like, it's like the most bizarre, like, crazy things. And it's like nobody else remembers it except you. So, like. I don't know whether to applaud you for your uniqueness or just say like, my God, like, what are you looking at? But anywho, continue. I like that movie. That was a really uh, unique movie. I don't know. I thought it was pretty cool. So I remember that. So that's what, that's what uh, Amara reminds me of. She just goes to everybody playing eat food. But. <laughs> anywho. <laughs> but like I said, so those, that's probably definitely the two things, man. Um, watching them grow into their own person, their own personality. It, it, you know, it's it's hard to match that. Yeah. And being able to be part of that, you know, it's a blessing. Yeah. And so, obviously, with any situation, it, I mean, not, not necessarily just fatherhood, but, like, it could be in sports or it could be at work. You know, you're always going to talk about the good things. I'm not necessarily being, saying, like, fatherhood is going to be a bad thing or, like, you know, is bad things to come. But there are certain challenges that new fathers are going to face. It's like... We can be as prepared as, you know, we can be, but at, like, if we haven't had a kid before, we can have an idea of, okay, this is how it's going to be, but we don't know until we do it. I mean, I was saying the same thing to people who asked me, like, hey, you ready to be married? I was like, no. You know? <laughs> because, like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I have an idea of what to expect because of what I saw, but I don't know how my relationship is going to pan out. I don't know how... I'm going to kind of weather the storm if, you know, if, for lack of better words. Um, and so I had to, you know, roll with the punches. You know, I, I had to figure it out as I go. I'm still figuring it out. I'm only a year in. So like with fatherhood, you know, 
there's certain things that we may have had an idea of and then it's not exactly that or we didn't think it was going to be this way but it is this way you know it's like as far as challenges go like not saying going to a whole you know pity fest or whatever you know what i mean but like as far as challenges go like what is a challenge that you faced um that you weren't really expecting as far as fatherhood so you know my point of view is 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 different and a lot of people have this point of view but you know i've been a single a quote-unquote single father i've been not with the end of relationship when i as a father my entire fatherhood right you know i had a 15 day span while we lived together me and amelia's mom yeah yeah and i never lived with amara's mom so my my perspective is definitely unique and different um so running into that co-parenting um like you said it's it can be a struggle but it doesn't always have to be Mm -hmm. just like when my daughters are a different relationship with their mothers is completely different i mean Mm -hmm. literally (laughs) one side of the scale right 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 yeah literally so um I wasn't prepared for co-parenting in a sense of we we grew up in a you know a Christian a faith based house. Mm-hmm. Neither one of them <laughs> yeah, have yeah. Th- have those principles. Right, I can tell you where I was that time in my life, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. neither one of them had the principles. So when they come to you and tell and tell you that you know somebody they love that passed away is on the moon instead of heaven. It's like, what? Right. It's like, how do you combat that? How do you say that? So, you know, my thing is, you know, y'all might believe that, but we over here, we believe that she's in heaven. She's with God. Mm-hmm. But if there's no God in your household, how are you going to talk about God? Right. So that's definitely some of the challenges when you, our faith-based person as I'm still, as I'm continuing to grow my faith and getting back into my faith. Um, it, was, it wasn't that big of a problem back then, but, but now that I'm back in it, it's like, dang, like you, you, <laughs> you, we are totally different extremes and, and even in our parenting style. So parenting styles, um, what we allow and don't allow, like if it was up to me, you know, my kids would never have color in their hair. You know, they would, mm-hmm. you know, they would have certain hairstyles. They don't wear certain clothes. Um, wouldn't be allowed to watch certain things. Yeah. But, you know, if they're the primary household has allowed them to do these things, how am I going to come in as a secondary and be like, no, nah, you can't do that. Now nah, you can't do that. You know, yeah. that's conflicting. So yeah. the co-parenting life definitely has its ups and downs, but also has uh, a lot of beauty in it. Because when I do get my kids, it's just me and them. Mm-hmm. I get that soul time. I get to uh, really just, like I said, learn them and uh, and grow with them. Um, but when they, when they first come out, fresh babies, oh, man. Amelia did not sleep. She yeah. cried the whole night. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, definitely be prepared for that. Like I said, I did spend some time there uh, in South Carolina with them and also in North Carolina. We was together. Um, and sometimes kids don't latch on, like, for uh, breastfeeding and stuff like that. If they don't, and you're still trying to feed them, and you're not trying to give them, um, like, the nipple, like, the, the baby bottle mm-hmm. nipple, it, it could be a problem because they're going to be hungry, and you might not be able to feed them correctly. Mm-hmm. But the, the mom is stressing. They're trying to 
make sure it happened. They don't want to feed him that because once they go in the nipple, sometimes they never go back yeah. to the to to the to the human nipple. Right. And right. so when they do that, now the, now you know you got to deal with like postpartum and stuff yeah. like that already. Yeah. But now you're not being able to feed your kid too. It adds on. So as a, as a father, as a man, you know that postpartum depression. Real. No, I believe it. Real. I believe it. Every 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 bit about it is real. And as a man, you need to be able to be there for that per be there for your you know your spouse or whoever you're with. Um, and that and that comes with its own challenges, because you know women are already emotional, and, you know, and we we men say we cannot be emotional, but we emotional too. But we just show mm. it differently, or we rather not yeah. show it. Yeah. yeah. But when you mix all that stuff, and then you got a baby crying, and or um, both y'all staying up late and uh, taking turns or not taking turns or the one's mad the other like go wake you up go make a bottle you know, that, that kind of stuff so it can it can definitely flare up um, but it also could bring you closer yeah uh, unfortunately that that was not, not my experience but I know because I've seen it you know podcasts or people that tell right. how it brings it closer but right. that's definitely some of the challenges and man daycare <laughs> Man, don't even get me started daycare. on that daycare. I already know about that daycare now. Daycare I is... I ain't even got to be a father to know about that daycare. A grip. It don't yeah. make no sense how much... And, it, then, it really and then when they... Like, <clears throat> like when Amara comes to Raleigh, we still paying for daycare because we got to save her spot. If you don't save her spot, she might not better get back in. That's I didn't know that. So I might be paying for someone came up here, but I'm also sending money for daycare. Oh, because yeah. Nah, yeah, keep the spot. No, nah, that's crazy. But daycare is so... You know, popping that you might not get back in if you if you lose a spot. So it's better to, to pay whatever the cost is. And the younger they are, the more it costs. As they get older, it gets a little cheaper and cheaper. Which I, I say cheaper, but it's not cheap at all. Yeah, right. Um, but you know, a lot a lot of times I was blessed because um, for the first couple of years of both of their lives, the mothers lived with their mother, so they were allowed to stay home and not go to daycare. So I do, I have more recently been dealing with daycare, but in the beginning I wasn't, mm -hmm. but I was definitely buying diapers and that kind of stuff, which costly, costly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but that's a couple of different things, man. But it's, 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 it's definitely one of, an amazing experience. Yeah. So one of the things that I firmly believe, and I don't think it's talked about enough. Now, granted, I'm not in this position. I don't have kids. I don't plan on having kids for, I don't know, one, two, three decades. Um, <laughs> so, but there's a, there's a natural, I believe, like stigma around postpartum depression and that it only affects the woman. And I'm the type where like, yes, obviously it's going to affect the woman, but I feel like as the, the, the father, like you're dealing with a lot of emotions as well. The 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 you're adapting to things, you're changing the things, and so like I feel like it has the ability to affect men as well, but it's just not talked about. So tell me if that tell me if I'm right. I could be very wrong. Well, I would. Yeah, I think for us it would be adapting to the change of having a kid, because men are naturally more selfish. We we want to do our own thing. We want to go hoop. Yeah. We want to go do that stuff. So now now you're re more restricted. You know, sometimes a lot of men when they're in a relationship they feel restricted, mm -hmm. and that and that bothers them. So 
you know, if if you're more focused on trying to go out and party or go out and hoop or go out and all that kind of stuff, it's going to affect you. And it, and it could definitely cause you to go into depression mm-hmm. because you're not doing the things you used to do. Your homies yeah. is out there chilling. Yeah. You can't go with them. So I definitely think so. It definitely has a different uh, turn, a different viewpoint. Um, but I, I definitely think so because if when the the woman is pregnant you can feel some of that stuff they feel because y'all that connected yeah i don't see why not you don't right. feel some of that you know right. the same emotions and then like you're seeing your your spouse go through these things and you know seeing them sad kind of makes you sad right seeing them happy also makes you happy so i feel like it's just natural that you know so like for for me for instance i'm a very spontaneous guy and like one of my homies hit me up and be like yo we're gonna go watch the game in 30 minutes pull up i'm like all right cool like I'm there, you know what I mean. But it, when I have a child, I understand like it, it's not gonna be like that. Nah, not even close. <laughs> not even close. So man. I remember <laughs> video chat him. <laughs> oh, no, right. I remember the story uh, <laughs> that um, dad told or mom told us about dad, and that she had just had our older sister Shahan, and uh, Shahan was actually on the podcast a couple episodes ago talking about burnouts and um, bouncing back from disappointment. And so go check that out. But uh, so our mom had just gave birth to her and they had just got home, like just got home. And so you got a two, three day old baby and <laughs> they get home. My dad's like, can I go hoop? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> and, and mom was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like I got like a literal baby here and you want to go hoop and i like i, I firmly believe she didn't really like dive into how he kind of responded to that but i firmly believe it was kind of like his wake-up call like oh shoot like i can't really do these things like i used to like this isn't just her responsibility you know this right. is equally my responsibility um i feel and, like it really doesn't hit you as a man till the baby actually comes because you don't feel the baby the whole time right you feel, put it right. in the stomach you feel the kick in, and it's like yeah. okay yeah but when it really hit me when I see her come out, I said, "Oh, I got a whole baby." Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. It, it ain't it ain't just a you know a fantasy. It's not just a baby in the stomach. It's not just a maybe or it. They're here and not yeah. irresponsible. Right, right. And like they ain't asked to be in this world. No, but you brought them in this world, and now like you can't just say, "Hey, I don't, I don't really want to rock with you." You know what I mean? Like, or else you go to jail. Right. <laughs> you know Thanks. what I mean? Thanks. Um. So. Yeah, like like I was saying, like when I do have kids, I understand that a lot of the stuff that I like to do or want to do, like I can't just up and go to the gym just because I feel like it at seven o'clock at night. I gotta make sure the baby's going to sleep, like on a routine and stuff like that. So there's certain things I look forward to in having kids because uh, I want to build, I want to leave a legacy through right. uh, having children. Um, you know, we are the last in our immediate bloodline to have like our Marshall last name. So really? if we, yeah. So if we don't have any men, like that's it. Like we're the last ones. Dang. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. We're the last ones. So, wow. So that, so I definitely want to have kids because like, I don't, I don't want our legacy, our family legacy to die. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but at the same time, like I understand what comes with having kids. And so I, I look forward to having kids at the same time. I'm like, dang, bro. Like I really got to be ready, you know, because I don't, I don't want to be in this place where I'm, uh, like mad at 
my kid because like well because i have a kid now now i can't do this because i have a kid now i can't do that and that's a really dangerous place to be in because now you're punishing the child and child didn't do nothing like i said it didn't have to be here but you brought it into the world and now you're in this position so yeah definitely i'm definitely waiting a good little minute yeah to have kids um and yeah yeah it's yeah being in this life i've seen both ends i've seen a woman act like that i've seen the men act like that you know, a lot of times the the men, when they act like that, they're not around mm-hmm. because they want to have their freedom. So, and a lot of times when a woman act like that, they're so mean to mm-hmm. the kid. Mm-hmm. It's just like, dang, why are you talking your kid like that? You, because they, you know, because they look like the man or they act like them or they just mad because a lot, some people just want to party. Yeah. They just want to live their life. You know, yeah, you have kids. Yeah. I mean, I started at 23. Yeah. And, you know, I always wanted to be a father, so I was ready to jump in. But, of course, I have my selfish ways about me and stuff like that. So, stuff I went through wasn't, you know, wasn't just my, it wasn't just the other person's fault. You know, I had some play in it, too. Mm -hmm. You know, growing up and looking backwards and stuff like that. I was always there for the kid, but still the relationship part. And that matters. I don't care if you're together. I don't care if you're apart. You got to keep a good co-parenting, a good relationship because it can go sideways. Yeah, yeah, for sure. sideways. For sure. And so... Uh, I mentioned at the beginning of the episode that you were a four-year player at the prestigious military college in South Carolina at Citadel, um, and you ended up having your first child your senior year in college, if I remember. Se- junior or senior year? Yeah, senior year. Senior year. Senior yeah. year in college. She, well, she was born after I graduated, but she was conceived during my senior year. Yeah, yeah. So, if if you want, if you feel comfortable, like, kind of go into your your college career, like, you know, from freshman to senior year, kind of like what your expectations were. Cause I know there was a lot of up and downs and then kind of take me into like what ultimately your mindset was after graduating, after having a child, like where was your basketball mindset then? Well, I definitely seen my career going better than it did. I had about a lot of knee injuries and it wasn't like I tore my ACL or nothing like that. It was just planning on a, a certain, uh, hardwood floor we changing our shoes back and forth because we had to wear like basically like church shoes every day. Then mm-hmm. change the basketball shoes, then change it back to church shoes. Mm-hmm. And then lack of sleep because of the, the system that we were in because of military college. Mm-hmm. Um, lack of nutrition. We we not eating good at all. I mean, we can't eat after eight o'clock. It wasn't until um, uh, the dude from UConn said something that we could able to. Uh, Shabazz Napier, mm-hmm. he said that comment, and it's like we'd be hungry or whatever. Yeah. And so now that that was until about sophomore junior year that they right. started giving us more food and we could eat after a certain time because our mess hall closed at seven seven thirty, mm-hmm. so we weren't eating after that. And right. We'd just be hungry. And we right. know, even in college kids, we don't have money. Right. So our nutrition wasn't there. Uh, it wasn't a school that was tailored to the sports. It was definitely tailored to the military, which is understandable. Which I'm not mad at because I did. I grew a lot in the military part. I didn't realize how much discipline I needed, but you know, I needed yeah, it. Right, right, right. So it was a blessing. So my expectations of basketballs uh, was, was thwarted a little bit. I, I didn't play as well as I wanted to. I didn't put up the numbers I wanted to, um, uh, doing part to um, just my own personal mindset, uh, dealing with certain people, uh, kind of lost focus. Um, also, uh, this, you know, you could blame the system. Uh, you know, I used to go put up shots and stuff like that, but not due to injury, uh, and just um, I don't know. It, it just I don't know if I say it was the, it wasn't the right fit in the system, or I just didn't have the confidence I needed because I was battling with so much outside of basketball. 
Uh, I think that was more with it than anything. Um, and then senior year, I got a new coach. And I definitely was pretty upset that I wasn't, I was a captain. Like I, you know, like you said, I was three-year captain, always been a captain. I was peer elected captain my sophomore year um, because I displayed those, that, that stuff freshman year, those qualities. But senior year, a new coach, and he got some uh, grad transfers and kind of put them in the limelight instead of me. And I put the work in that summer, and I was pretty frustrated about that. Because mm-hmm. that was supposed to be my year to really blow, right? Um, and he get kind of get the ball to other people, and that was and that was my team. I've been grooming that team. I've been leading that team, and you got people that don't understand that military lifestyle, and they trying to have them lead, and it didn't work, man. It's a lot of clashing. Um, they they actually apologized to me after that after the season. It was like, man, we 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 kind of messed up. We kind of messed up with uh, just how they how they structure the team. And I didn't know that. They told me that. And I was like, man, it's kind of late for that. The but coaches I, told you that? Yeah, the coaches told me that. I was like, yeah, we, we kind of messed you up. Because, like I said, I was I should have been the man. Yeah. I should have been uh, the one that got the ball the most. You should have only let me be captain. Because when you put other people captain, you got all these voices. Yeah. You got people, like I said, don't understand the military lifestyle. You can't make somebody captain that don't understand the military lifestyle. Right. We right. Had, I mean, we had all-ins, which is like um, uh, curfew. Mm-hmm. We had all this kind of stuff. So... You you definitely gotta really really be in tune. You gotta be you gotta be well. We said all in, and if you're not, then you're gonna mess people up. I mean, I've seen a bunch of people get kicked out. I've seen a lot of different stuff. One of my best friends, Matt Van Soyt, got kicked out. Um, but that uh, wasn't, uh, if I remember correctly, that wasn't anything like uh, uh, like heinous on his part. It was just like a genuine mistake right right yeah. right from yeah from what i gather so just a general genuine academic mistake and they don't play and they, right. and they even have a sniff they say you can't even quibble quibble is if you if you beat around the bush you get kicked out like it was you had to be straightforward all that kind of stuff so if you wasn't they there was especially they didn't even like athletes so they would yeah, smoothly right. kick you out yeah but man going to the citadel though after all in all whether <laughs> the basketball went as good as i wanted it to or not <laughs> It was one of the best things I've ever done. Going to the school I went to, because like I said, I needed that discipline. I needed all that, uh, and I had good grades there. First time I ever had good grades. <laughs> I mean, I made dean's list like four times, made gold yeah. stars, which is like three seven. Yeah, I got leadership roles out there, so I really learned a lot, man. It was a blessing to go there. I, I wouldn't do it again because I didn't want to go through freshman year again. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. But like, I would choose that if I, if I was back as a kid. I would choose that same college because I, I've. I was definitely blessed, definitely blessed. And so, graduating the senior year, having a kid on the way, I was in my head about, should I go overseas? Should I stay here for the kid, uh, for Amelia or whatnot? So, I did go overseas for a little bit. Didn't stay a whole year. I don't know if you remember or not. Didn't stay a whole year. Uh, The first place I went to in Germany, me and a coach, I guess we didn't see eye to eye. Uh, and then in the Netherlands, they didn't have enough money to pay me. So I didn't stay a whole year. Had so much fun over there, though. Uh, it was good, a very, very good experience. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I came back and went straight to South Carolina um, and lived with uh, Amelia's mom for a little bit, for about two months. Then uh, we left because that didn't go well. Yeah. <laughs> and then that's when we started writing. That was, 20, that was the end of 2016. And then 2017, started writing. Mm-hmm. And that's when I really started writing all my emotions out and getting yeah. into that. Um, but I always wanted to go back overseas, never made it. Um, but basketball is still my heart, still my love. I still get to play whenever I can. 
Um, but I definitely um, regret how my career went because I always told my, you know, dad always said, don't let girls ruin your career. Yeah. And I let a girl yeah. ruin my career. Yeah. And not yeah. saying like she did it, but like I allowed, you allowed it. Yeah. I allowed it to happen. Yeah. You know, yeah. you can't, how, how are you going to blame smiles to ruin your career? Right. You know I mean? <laughs> right. Right. That right. Makes sense. But I was at that point at one point in time. Yeah. Like, it's your fault. Da, 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 da. But I mean, you could have just left her, but you didn't. He was all, he was all enamored and everything. Mm-hmm. So, um, I didn't pound. I wanted to always want to get a chance to go back out there, but maybe it looks less and less now. I'm Thirty now, yeah, you know, yeah. I had hope back when I was twenty six, twenty seven, but you know, I was I had a chance to play. I had a chance to play again uh, in Raleigh in the pro team. I signed a contract. Everything I think it was like twelve, fifteen hundred dollars or whatever to play. Chose trying to move in with the family instead, just because I wanted. Because being a family man, that's what that's what we saw. That's what I wanted, and man, I lost another opportunity to go hoop. So, um, you also gotta wonder, like, was it all for a reason? You know, like Joseph in the Bible, everything happened for a reason, for a greater outcome. So, mm-hmm. um, even though all things come together for my good, even though it's my decisions and the, my mess ups, it's still coming together for my good. And, and like I said, I've learned so much, I've grown so much, and then I would never. I always wanted to write. You know, I don't know if you remember, I tried to write books as a kid. Yeah. I used to always yeah. read. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I've always been in that. So, the fact that I now I have content, emotions, feelings, experiences, and allows me to step into my the podcasting realm, step into poetry, step into blogging, short stories, books. So, I mean, like I said, everything comes together for good. So, it was definitely a blessing at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. So, we're going to... Um transition over into writing for a second but um before we do that i don't know if you remember i don't know if you realize i don't don't know if i ever told you but like we're definitely in the same boat about like letting girls ruin quote-unquote ruin our careers i don't know if you ever knew that um yeah with with, uh, so with with little demon yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) yeah so i mean i was in kansas and i had few opportunities at a few schools um you know i i was emailing schools my film and they were saying hey like we're interested essentially they were saying all you have to do is touch the field in the fall that's basically what they said all you gotta do is touch the field you can send us like one play and like we got all you gotta do is touch the field i was like okay cool um so the summer going into my sophomore year in kansas at uh independence community college i'm like i'm doing a thing you know um and then i end up hurting my knee like two weeks before roster had to be finalized Mm -hmm. and there was a big scrimmage that we went to every year at langston university where that scrimmage basically finalized rosters and i couldn't go to that because my my knee i wasn't cleared yet and then we had another scrimmage after that i didn't even play because they had already finalized rosters and i was like all right cool so i basically like had the red shirt freshman year and then i guess you can call like a medical red shirt or whatever um the second year but i didn't i guess i didn't deem it as that at the time but you know even then i still had like that past summer i still had interest from lenore ryan i still had interest from app state i still had interest from old dominion um still had interest from greensboro college and i could have easily and i was graduating that fall in december and i could have easily walked on to any one of those three schools in the spring and that would have been like you know, seamless. You know, right. They would have been like, okay, like, yeah, it's unfortunate you got hurt, but we know what you can do because we saw what you can do. So, like, just step in, whatever, whatever. And I let a girl 
talked me into essentially staying in Raleigh. So that's why I ended up applying to NC State. And when I got accepted to NC State, I was like, cool, like, you know, it'll all work out. You know, it's going to be this magical thing. I'll just walk onto the football team in NC State. I didn't want to be there from day one. You know, like, if it was up to me, I would have went on to Old Dominion. Right. You know, and on the beach. They had so many things. They were, like, they based, they had a tour. So I went to the summer camp, and they had a tour. And they were taking all the athletes that from the camp around. And the coaches were basically walking by me and mom. And, like, they weren't really talking to anybody else. They were kind of, like, if they asked a question, if the coach would ask a question, they would answer it. But basically, they were kind of, like, quote-unquote, grooming me to, like, right. step in right. to Old Dominion. And it's ironic because when I was at State, I was ineligible to try out for the team in the spring. That spring, I don't know why, those same coaches that recruited me were on NC State's campus. Really? And I walked right by them, and I was like, Hey, I was like, you're coach so-and-so, right? He was like, yeah. He was like, you look familiar. And I was like, yeah, my name is Cameron. I was at your camp. And then he was like, oh, yeah. And he, he had that look on his face like, why are you here? Right, right. And it's kind of like, yeah, like, Wait, yeah, why happened? are you? Yeah, <laughs> what happened? And I still think about that, like, almost daily. I was like, I literally could have been who knows where at this time right. like I could, it could have been Lee I could have been USFL XFL I could have been in Canada like because I would have had a better opportunity to showcase my skills and then you know but I didn't do it I didn't take it and now I'm in this place where I'm trying to like get it from the mud now I'm going to play in this bogus semi-pro league in Michigan mm -hmm. that like dudes robbing everybody <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then I go to all these tryouts I mean I guess it did work out in the end because I ended up getting the opportunity to play professional rugby but like, for anybody listening to this, like, if you're in high school or you have an opportunity and a girl saying, like, yo, I don't want you to do this because you need to be thinking about me. If y'all ain't married, it don't matter. It don't matter. Like, if she can't understand the process of your goals and the process of what you need to do in order to reach your goals, it don't even have to be sports. It could be, say, like, hey, uh, I want to be... I want to be an artist. I want to go to New York to this convention. I got to stay there for six months and just basically get in front of the faces of people. And she's like, I don't want you to do that because I'm going to be lonely. Go. Leave her lonely. Yeah. Because obviously she doesn't have your best interest in mind. She just wants to be selfish. And it, it doesn't just go for women. It goes for men too. Like men can do this to women too. Oh, women, yeah. can, women can have aspirations and they're being held back by a man. Anybody who's going to hold you back from reaching your goals or reaching your dreams or anything you want to achieve they weren't meant to be there to begin with, you know, and but there's always there's always a good and every bad. So just because they do that doesn't mean they're all bad people. There are some good nuts that are going to leave. You can always take the good and leave the bad. But please, for the sake of mankind, for the for the for like, <laughs> for like your own sanity, like if you reach come across that bridge where you have a guy or a girl saying like, hey, I think you should alter what you want to do for me. I don't even care if you think in your mind and back in your head that you're going to be married. It doesn't matter. Just do it. Yeah. Like, leave, leave them high and dry. And if they come back around later on, you still want to be with them and entertain them, cool. But that's letting you know from jump that they don't have your best interest in mind. They don't care about your goals. They don't care about your aspirations. They only want what's best for them. They're going to be selfish. And they're not going to care if you miss whatever opportunity it is that you need. Or that you want. They're not going to care. 
So if they're not going to care, why are you going to care if they're lonely? Right. You know what I mean? Um, so all that to say, I understand you. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, Man, how many times so, opportunities come around? Not Either, a whole you never, lot. You never know. Not a whole and you lot. You might get a second chance. You might. You might. But an off might. chance and an our chance that you don't or you don't get the same exact uh, opportunity yeah. or where you could have been. Yeah. It's, and, and like dad said, always told us, don't be in a wisher club. Yeah. He, he, look, he, 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 he drilled, drilled that into, into us, us and we still fell into still, the wisher still club. Still in the wisher club. Now, like, yeah, I can't even make an excuse for it. Yeah. Yeah, there ain't. Yeah, there ain't. There, there ain't no excuse. There ain't, ain't no sugarcoating it. Yeah. But I do wonder sometimes, and not to, because I believe we raised not perfectly, of course, but I, I, I'm thankful for the way I was. Oh raised. yeah, for sure. Like, I'm for thankful sure. for the way I raised. But sometimes I wonder, since we were so shielded off from women, until that when we got a chance to actually be around, and we dove head in because I we think, didn't get a chance to, to experience in the first place. It's been so shielded away, and you know, we man, we won't, we gonna want to be around them. I think that has something to do with it, because um, it was my first relationship that you know that happened and i think that was your first like no real, real i had real. one in high school but you yeah that's high school and right that, that was my first real that was your first yeah that was both of our first relationship and so like and i poured it into it boy. like <laughs> any man or really any person who's in their first relationship where you feel like you're in love what? like that junk is crazy like the like the feelings you get is crazy you're like yo i would literally jump off a hundred foot bridge <laughs> for you like right now like you want me to jump? Like you want me to jump? How high? Like you want me to go to a grocery store? I'll walk. Right. I'll, be, I'll be barefoot. I will. I will bear crawl to the grocery store to get you a single hot dog. Like you will do anything and for everything. this person and everything. And it does. There's no limitations. Well, and then you ignore red flags. You you always ignore the red flags. And I mean, like like you said earlier, we come from a, a faith based household, and so. We've been told multiple times, hey, pray about it. Like, you know, pray about this person you're with, right? And like, see see if this is who God has for you. And there will be so many times, especially in that first relationship, where I'll be like, God, I'm listening. Like, if you if you have something to show me, show me. And he would show me, like, the next day. And I'd be like, you got to show me something. Else. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. That, that don't count. That don't count. I was like, no, no, no. You got to show me something reset, else. Reset, reset, You got to show me something else. And then he would be like, all right, bet. He showed me something else. I'm like, third time's a charm. Right. He'll show me a third time. I'm like, all right, like you're just a hater. Yeah. I was like, I was like you just be hating for real. And so like, but he, you know, he he knew, he knew what was gonna happen if I stayed, right. and what what he knew was gonna happen happened. Right. You know he, and, but he's not obviously he's not a um uh he's not gonna press on to you. Right, right, right. He's he's he's, he's he's gentle. He's he's gonna wait for you. He's gonna yeah. say yeah, like I need to be allowed. And if you don't allow him, then you know. That's that's how it's gonna be, and so at least you were seeking him. I was, I was out there. I didn't, yeah, I couldn't do that. Like I was, <laughs> I was, I, I, I felt so far away from God. I, didn't, I didn't even think about him. <laughs> like, yeah, like you know, you know, I, uh, you know, at the, sometimes when when you first go out there, it's like, man, God looking at me. But after you ignore it and you ignore it, and ignore it, you, you start, you just don't. You start care getting no numb more. to the fact. Yeah, you get numb to but it. I was, I've, there was so many times and like life where I would just be like, you know, God ain't gonna like this. Like God, like I like I could be in the moment of doing something like God ain't gonna like this. And I like still be doing it. I'm like, bro, like just stop. You <laughs> right. know what I mean? But like it's easier said than done. Oh yeah. 
Um, but you know, with that being said, like, yo, if you're listening to this, like, leave that girl or leave that dude if they ain't on your team, if they ain't on your side, if they ain't backing you, if they ain't saying like, yo, go ahead. Like, I'll be here, I understand, chase your dreams, whatever. If they ain't supporting you, if they ain't in your corner, if they selfish, worrying about them, worry about their self-exhibition, worry about what you can get, what you can give them and uh, not worried about what they can give back to you or what they can pour into you, whatever. Like, it ain't worth it. Coming from a 28-year-old, about to be 29 this year, and coming from a guy who just turned 30, who's had experience in a dating game, who's had experience with, um, well, I'm not going to say numerous women, but... Well, <laughs> uh, I, I'm not going to say numerous women, but uh, you know, do with the information what you what you will. But um, coming from a place of experience, like just leave, dude or girl, just leave. It ain't worth it. It's not worth the the heartache, the heartbreak. It, it's not worth it. You know, you only get one shot. A lot of times, uh, that's not an Eminem pun, but legit, you really only get one shot one time. So. Go ahead and take the opportunity. But kind of going into our next topic, like I said, we were going to do like 10 minutes ago. 2017 was when we started, or you said 2017, was when we started like writing. Yeah. And we started um, putting things on paper. And I remember I was in bed one time when I wrote my first ever poem and I posted it on Facebook and I could probably scroll on Facebook and find it, but that's like years ago. And so I'm not going to do it. Um, And... It was funny because the first, I wrote a poem and then the first song I ever wrote, it was never released on streaming platforms. It was just SoundCloud. The first song I ever wrote was called Save Me. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember. And the only reason why I wrote that song and released that song because I was inspired by another song. And that song that inspired me was by Logic and that was the 1-800 song. Right. And when I heard that, like a lot of people were saying, like, "Oh, that song is corny." He's he was saying, like, "Who can relate?" Woo! And like, that's corny. And I was like, "But some people can relate to it, right?" And like, some people when they hear that, they're like, "Dang!" Like, I was there. <laughs> yeah, like I was there. And so that led to the first song I wrote called "Save Me." And then you're writing poems, and then um, you're you're encouraging me to write more music. And so I'm like, "Okay, like, cool. Let me just find some beats, whatever." And I'm just writing. At, at first, like, it all sucked. Like, I'm not gonna lie. Anyway, I can't. I couldn't write to a beat to save my life. Right. So I, that's why I took the poetry. I said, I don't, right. know, I don't know how to even. What it? What are you talking about? One four kind. I don't know what the heck you're right. talking right. about. <laughs> right. A metronome. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, then I, I started writing more and more and more and more, and then you know it came to the birth of the first song that was released on studio or that was released on streaming platforms called Yeah No. And then that led into more songs and collaborations with the guy I work with who did music. Um, shout out to Nunez. He was the one who mixed and, um, you know, mastered my, my first tape, Conversations. You know, I came into that and I'm, I'm writing all these songs. And these are songs that I've written over the course of, from 2017 to 2019 was when, when it was released. I'm writing all these songs and I put it together for a tape. And then I wrote a song over, I wrote two songs over covid didn't release them until uh 2022 right you know waiting on them things yeah and so (laughs) but with all that being said writing is a way of expression a way to because it's it's not always easy to just come out and talk about things it's not Uh, always easy to come out and like say like hey this is how i'm feeling 
because it's not always even accepted by certain people. It's like, okay, you a man tighten up. You know what I mean? But if you put it in a poem or even behind a song, then people listen. It's kind of weird that, right, that yeah. that's that's, a, that's the case. It's like, you ain't going to listen to me like when I'm ready to jump off a cliff, but like now that I rap, now you want to be like, yo, that's hard. Yeah. Come on, dude. You but, know? But, but still, even then, I always wonder, are actually people even listening? Because stuff you actually say, you say some real stuff. But like, oh, that's good. That's real dope. Like, but did you, did you, did you see like, what I wrote? Yeah, but like, like, did you hear it? Right. Because I just told you like how I really was feeling. I told yeah. you how I've been hurting. Yeah. You didn't comment on that. Yeah. So yeah. I, 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 yeah, I think some people just kind of give like it's something, it's something that they should say. Yeah. Right. And it's like, oh yeah, that's like I like that, or they like the beat behind it. So it's like, okay, I like that. Like, uh, I'm trying to, uh, I'm trying to think of an example, but I, I can't think of an example off the head, but. Like you could say, uh, or no. So for example, um, what's that song? Uh, pumped up kicks, right? All the other kids with the pumped up kicks better run, better run, run from my gun. So it, oh, so that that's that's the lyrics. It says, uh, better run from my gun, and then it's a, the next line is all the other kids with the pumped up, with the pumped up kicks better run, better run faster than my bullet. Talking about a school shooting. Yeah. And people are vibing to this song <laughs> because it has a jumpy beat behind yeah, it. Like yeah, the beat yeah. is like, poosh, poosh. Yeah. and people are like, "Yo, I like this song." Like, my guy, yeah, like, do you know what he's talking, he's talking about? about? Shooting up a school, yeah. and y'all are like, "Yeah, like this is dope." And I'm like, "Bro," so like, no, people don't listen. They don't listen at all. But this, that's not even what I'm really trying to get to. So we started writing, right? <laughs> Jump back into this topic. <laughs> How, so when you started writing, how did that process of putting the the thoughts in your mind into words on paper, how therapeutic was that? And how did that help with where you were in that state of your life? Man, that's, that's the perfect word, therapy. Because when I came back home from Charleston after Amelia was born, a lot of turmoil. Yeah. I wrote about anger. Yeah. I wrote about... Um, just all like this, all the malice I had in my in my heart, and um, I wrote about God or about all different kinds of stuff, man. I, that's like my first little book I had, and then I wrote so much more. I wrote about the relationship. I wrote about um my inadequacies. I wrote about you know wanting to die, all that kind of stuff, just everything, mm-hmm. and um how low I felt, man, and and it, and it felt good. It felt good to get it out. You know, mm-hmm. and I would recite it. I would go to open mics and stuff like that. Oh yeah, like you said, they were real dope. I'm like, but you, you won't listen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, that's how I always feel. And I think I wrote it one time in one of my poem, one of my early poems. Like, even if I wrote it, you wouldn't listen. Like, like so, like you said, as a man, sometimes you just don't feel like you can express yourself. Um, when especially you alluded to the lifestyle I was living, and the people, the the girls that I was getting close to for. You know, for affection, for uh, releasing anger, for um, coping mechanisms, and you would you would talk to them about that. I would, I mean, I would talk to them about that, and that would be the topic of conversation. You know, my pain of not being able to see my kid. You know what I mean? So it came out in every which way, everything I did, and it didn't didn't do nothing but uh, be bad for me, other than writing. Because I wasn't dealing with it, I wasn't. I was just trying to cope with it, with you know, with the with the drugs, with the, all that other stuff, with the sex, and just diving into it. Um, but I wrote all about all that kind of stuff. You know, I wrote some uh, a long time ago called "She's My Drug," and I was just talking about 
smoking. Like, mm-hmm. and they were just talking about how, but how much better I feel because I do that. But at the end of the day, all that was false. It was a pseudo, a pseudo, a pseudo piece. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, but it's still writing it out, um, being able to go to open mics, I loved it. I loved mm-hmm. it. And it just it made me feel better in the in the moment. But like, but like you know, and it ain't nothing like getting close to God and, and going that route. You yeah. know, being a faith based person. Because that's the real piece. Everything else is just pseudo piece. I was just diving into all these kind of different things, you know, doing things that I feel like I've told you some of it, but you know, most people ain't gonna know. Right, right, right. Because it's, that's not something you just share anymore. Right. Like it's just I've been, I've done a lot. Yeah. So and yeah, that, yeah. that was literally because of the hurt, yeah. literally because of the pain, right. the pain of not playing basketball no right. more, right. the pain of not being able to see my kid, the, the pain of not having a family. You know, like. Dang, you know, so but but writing, I feel like it kept me level in that time period. Um, it gave it gave me a false sense of peace, but at least I had a little bit, and it, I wasn't t- totally over the edge. Yeah, and a false sense sometimes could be better than none. What? Because if you don't have any at all, you're just gonna be in that dark it's, hole. Yeah, it's rough. Yeah, rough, rough, rough. So with that with that being said, so like I said, that was in 2017 when you first started like really hammering writing so now we're in 2023 so where are you now in not only the writing space but in the mental space oh mental space so much better i really found my faith again i went i've backslid twice since um 2017 you mastered what twice i backslid backslid twice oh oh backslid backslid so okay. like i was i was definitely just in the world chilling and then uh 2020 i came i came to christ then I backslid, and then I came again in 21, backslid, and then now I'm back again, and I ain't backsliding no more. Mm-hmm. But my mental space is so much better. I mean, just really walking in that faith, studying my word. I remember, you, I don't remember a while ago, a long time ago, probably before 2020, I asked you, but how do you study the Bible? We was, um, we was, in, we was at the parents' house, the new was house. At, we was at, in the new house? Yeah. And we was upstairs. I was like, because I saw you reading the Bible. This is when I saw you read the Bible and study the Bible. Heavy. I was like, bro, how do you even do that? Like, I wouldn't, like, uh, that's boring. Like, what are you talking You know, I like to read, but I like novels. I like, you yeah, know, yeah, I yeah. like CIA stuff. Well, like the Bible that. is a novel. Man, what? I learned that now. <laughs> well, you know that now. I learned yeah, that yeah. now, but that thing is so interesting. I was like, yeah. man, all that happened in the Bible? Yeah, yeah. Like, just, it's really dope. But, so my mental space is, is so much better. Um, what really helped was forgiveness. Yep. And I've I've li- listened to a lot of different messages and stuff, and I really firmly believe that unforgiveness is probably one of the number one dream killers, number one life killers. If you don't forgive, uh, you're going to be stuck in that same cycle. I was stuck there for a long time. Mm-hmm. A long time. Mm-hmm. And I was, unwilling to unf- I was unwilling to forgive because I was so angry. Like, how you going to keep my kid from me? I wanted to get back. I want to do something malicious. I wanted to, you know, cause pain, like the same pain I felt. You know how people are. You know, you, yeah, right. you, you hurt, hurt people, hurt people. people. What? Yep. You hurt people. And I want to do some physical pain. Yeah. You know, I, I wanted to get it out. But along, as long as I stayed in that space, my poetry was good. <laughs> like, my poetry was popping. <laughs> but my, my mental, though, man, I was, I was lost. I yeah. was lost. I was eating... Yeah. Bags of candy every day. You know, some people do different things. Like, one of my addictions was candy. Like, I just ate a bunch of candy. Yeah. I just, I, you know, 
And now I got two teeth pulled because I ain't take it. <laughs> I brushed my teeth, but hey, you had that much amount of candy. I had eight of my depression. Right. It, it took a toll. Right. Um, mental space is good, but now uh, I got a blog. I got my website, ElliotQuinton.com. My LLC is thriving. Uh, not necessarily financially, but what I'm doing. You know, mm-hmm. I'm st- I got uh, definitely getting my um, paraphernalia up there. People can buy gear and stuff like that. Got logos. Uh, so I got the podcast. So the podcast started because I couldn't see my kids. So I created a podcast called Forefathers Podcast. Mm-hmm. I started that. So if I never saw her again, that you can't take that away from me, the mm-hmm. podcast. So mm-hmm. I was, you know, if I ever never saw her again or I didn't see her until she got older, my goal was that you have something for the archives that you can go back and listen to since 2020. Like, I love you. No mm-hmm. matter what you've been told, no matter what you hear, no matter what you may see, or may you, what you may even feel. I love you, and it was it was because of these things that I couldn't be there like I wanted to. That that was the premise of the podcast. Mm-hmm. That's exactly why I started it, and it turned into so much more. Uh, now I blog, and that's just like daily life. Um, I write when I write. Now I was doing it every week. It was just my expressions, like same thing with poetry, man. Getting it all out. Um, I was working on my short stories and uh, my book and all that kind of stuff. So that's what everything kind of grow into. Um, it's real exciting. I'm starting to do some. Putting ghostwriting, um, an ability to ghostwrite, like people can sign up to ghost for me to ghostwrite. I did, I did poems before, ghostwriting for people, so different stuff like that. And just really trying to grow my brand, grow my business, uh, getting my Elliot Quinton logo made. I got my Eloquent logo already. I've had that for a little while. I had my four, four, four fathers logo for a little while. So really, just really growing and expanding that space. But one thing unforgiveness does. Is that you can't move forward, mm-hmm. even in your own business. So stuff I could have been done, been doing. I was so unforgiving, so wound up tight. Like you know, you know, you've heard that it only poisons you. Mm-hmm. And I was being poisoned. I was just eating poison. I was mm-hmm. eating poison. Mad at that person, wishing, wishing pain on them, wishing death on them. But I was the only one dying. Mm-hmm. You know, they was over there chilling, living. Yeah. They ain't care yeah. nothing about me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I was. That's so why I was stuck in a space for a, for a while, at least four years. Um, in which set me back but you know who's to say it was God's plan for me to do it at this moment anyway right so everything right. is about expression um everything I got uh three pillars in my Elliot Quinton business um authentic raw and transparent that's what I pride myself on I'm going I'm going to give it to you get to you straight I don't care how you feel about it I'm gonna tell you about the times that you know that I was touched I'm gonna tell you about the times that um I was hurting times I was, I was smoking times that I was, you know, landing with different people, multiple people, whatever. It don't matter. I, I, I ride it because you're going to, I believe um, that transparency is key because somebody else is, is going through that. Mm-hmm. Somebody else is going through it, has been through it. You're not the only one. Even when you're going through it, you feel like you're the only one. Mm-hmm. You're not, you're not the only one. So now, uh, since, like I said, I'm in a good space now. And a lot of that is contribute to, of course, God, but realizing that I may have went through it to help the next person. Like, if I never went through it, then all those 89 podcasts I've done and the people that have reached out to me like, yo, this podcast helps. Yo, thank you for allowing me to have a space to talk about fatherhood. Because like you said, man, sometimes you don't feel comfortable as a man talking about your feelings right. because they, they, they look down on you. You talk to a girl like, yeah, she's feeling you. You start talking about your feelings. Like, oh yeah, why are you talking about your feelings? But you know, they always want you to be in your feelings. No, you don't. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, like yeah. no, you don't. Yeah, yeah. Like, come on, coach. Yeah. <laughs> like, we we both know better that you don't even because if I be my feelings, I'm be my feelings like for real. And I'll tell you a lot, but we keep it all bumped up, uh, pimped yeah. up. So yeah, um, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. But I really dove into really believing that I went through it for a reason. My favorite person in the Bible is Joseph in Genesis. He went through it for a reason. Went through that whole spell just to end up being. Uh, the right hand of the king. So what is my what is my purpose going to be? How am I going to be able to relate to people? I'm already fluent in talking and writing. So how am I going to be able to uh, relate to people? And now that's how I see it now. I see it more as a blessing than as a curse. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that story in Genesis 37 talking about Joseph is actually, you know, one of my favorites, especially when you're talking about unforgiveness and forgiveness and how forgiveness helps because, if you don't know the story, the Joseph was, um, he had a dream and in that dream, he was the, the ruler. He was the king over his brothers. He was the master over his brothers. And he woke up and he told his brothers his dream and his brothers ended up selling him into slavery because they were like, nah, you ain't about to, you know, you ain't about to like, you ain't about to do that. Even his dad was like, oh, that's it, pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So he got sold into slavery. And once he got back into town, his brothers, well, his brothers thought he was dead, first of all. Yeah. And then when he got back into town, his brothers, like Joseph had every reason to be like, I'm going to kill y'all. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to get mine back in blood. Right. Like, you try to kill me. You try, you, you told me into slavery. You, you know, just all because, like, I had this dream. Um, and so he had all the reason to do that. But, you know, he didn't, even though they were scared that he was right. going to do it. He didn't. Well, um, you know, he didn't come to their town. They went to they went to Egypt because of the famine. Oh right, right, right. That's they, right. They that's went right, to Egypt right. because of the famine, and he said in Genesis fifty, I think it's fifty twenty. He said, yeah, "You meant 50, it for evil, yeah. but what God you meant for evil, for God meant for good." Yeah, yeah. That, I love that scripture. It's such like you, from Genesis thirty seven to Genesis fifty. Um, it's yeah. It's it's. Powerful. It's, it's it's a great it's a great story and that's why i say like the bible is essentially is a novel yeah um i know some people think it's just some book that somebody wrote a long time ago and you know but it's it's not even a religious book it's like, not get, that, get it out of your mind and i listen to this guy named myron golden i love him i love him a lot he's real real dope he talks about business he talks about the bible and stuff he said the bible is about a king expanding his kingdom on a foreign land which the foreign land is called Earth, and that's and this is the guideline and how you supposed to live as his and how you can be kings and all that. I said the way he explained like that, I was like, oh, that's a whole novel, mm-hmm. and that made me a lot more interesting to read about. But it really is about a king mm-hmm. and how he's making us his kings and think about how Israel was his people, but then he expanded it to everybody else to, yeah. to be able to um, fall under his grace and his glory, man. You know, I was thinking the other day, bro. <laughs> if it weren't for the new covenant, you know, the Holy Spirit entering, we would be having to sacrifice stuff. Yeah, we would have to go to the high priest, and he yeah. has to go to the the high room yeah. or whatever, and and then we would be like, we would just be lost. Yeah, but we have the Holy Spirit, and I think that's one of the amazing things. I was in Bible study the other day, and it was just like that is amazing. Yeah. When you really just like let that sink in, like we we have a direct connection with you. We don't have to go to nobody. You don't have to go to confession, you know, <laughs> do all that kind of stuff. We don't have to rely on the law or whatever, man. We got grace. You know, his grace is and mercies, man. It's 
it's a blessing because I know I needed it. Like I said, I was I was out there. Yeah. You know, as 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 we say, we run in the streets. <laughs> like I, I in I the was, streets. I, yeah, I was out there in the streets, man. I had a whole street sign named after me. Like I was out there. Yeah. So um the fact that he still accepts me and still allows the grace in my life, at all times I've turned my back on him. It's like, man, that's such amazing. And I and I really, really appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So in wrapping up, I'm gonna put you on the spot if you're willing. Just like I put Tony on the spot last night. Shout out to her. Can the people of Great Earth hear a poem? Yeah, shoot. Yeah. I give you a simple one. Creativity takes imagination. One so inventive, the only incentive is to pick up pen and share the vision. A careful incision into the inspiration behind the talent from within. So valiant, I find ink to circumvent the recurrent hint of failure. My mind need reassurance, though what sure is a heed to the most elegantly eloquent. The only elephant is, is whether I'm being clever or pure genius. Never a question of originality, just a quest in truth or fallacy, which happens to be the cure casually writing the exact of me. Using brevity with a touch of levity to handily extract what I so candidly speak of. A sneak peek of an act or foreshadow. And out the shadows. Poetry. Yeah, man. And that what we do, we snap, yeah, right? We snap, we snap, right? snap. I like that. You never heard that one before? I don't think so. Yeah, I haven't heard. That's one of my newer ones. Yeah, I haven't like heard. 2021, 2020 newer ones, but. <laughs> oh. Yeah, you probably haven't yeah. heard a lot of stuff since, like, a lot of, most of my stuff, not most of my stuff, a lot of my early stuff you heard, probably most of that. Yeah, I, yeah, I heard a lot of the early stuff. Um, That was, like, in the middle of your turmoil. Bro, what? Yeah. <laughs> I got the whole book. Uh, whole yeah. Book. Yeah. So, I wish, I wish I had some poems, but I don't. But you need so. to get back into rapping and stop playing. Because my daughters love Uncle Slim. Oh man, yeah. I listen to his songs those, every day. Those are my homies for all real. day, and they they love it. I got videos of Amara listening. listening. I got videos of both of them. I want to play Ratchet and Ratchet. That's their favorite one to play now. It was Trust for a while. Now it's Ratchet and Ratchet. Um, Amara was in love with Trust for a minute. But if you get in the car, and play some music. I want to listen to Uncle Slim. I want to listen to Uncle Slim. Play Righteous and Ratchet. Play Righteous and Ratchet. And then uh, I think after that song is Pray. Is that the next one on the list? Probably. I don't remember. I, whatever it comes out next, she's like, is Uncle Cameron or Uncle Slim? Is that him? Yeah. Like, yeah, that's him. Yeah. You know what's <laughs> up? You heard his voice. But, man, I, I remember I sent you a video about them listening to Trust and how they, she was bouncing to it. Yeah. I was yeah. like, man, you need to put some more music out, please, bro. I listen to your music every day. I, was, I mean, I listen to it a lot already, but, like, they was killing me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, yo, every time I put something on, I want to listen to Uncle Slim. They be making a whole big fuss. That's almost funny, but I love it though. 
that's you know that's their connection to you and the fact that they won't listen to it is obviously good i may be like he's the best rapper in the world he's yeah. a singer i was like he's a rapper yeah. <laughs> he's the best rapper in the world he's the best rapper in the world and um so yeah go ahead and make some more music man go ahead and make some more music. uh i mean i wrote i was listening to a beat and i wrote a chorus to something but like that's where it starts like I, you know, but that's I don't know. Just like every time I try to sit down and do something, I'm like, dang, I could definitely be doing something else. Like, <laughs> like, like what? Like I don't know. Like married stuff. I don't know. Like once you get married, you gotta do certain stuff. I guess. And like I take guess. out the trash and junk. <laughs> <laughs> you can you can write while taking out the trash. You only need one hand. <laughs> yeah, I guess. But I've been trying to. I've been really honing in on this pod and how to make it um, better for the listeners and how to you know, do things like that and just trying to hone in on my talents and my skills and, you know, work and stuff like that. But uh, I might get back to it one day. We'll see. I hope so. I hope we'll so. Because you left and write. We'll you see. definitely got it. I remember at one point in time, you was thinking about having me ghostwrite. You remember that? Because this is before you really understood how good you were. And then you wrote a song and I was like, bro, this is dope. Like, this yeah, is, I think I this is before. That. Yeah, I know. Yeah, before. Yeah, I think yeah. that's only after Save Me, maybe. Maybe and like it was a long time ago before you even yeah. got into it. I was like, I'm like, nah, bro, like you, you got it and you show sure got it, bro. I just can't. I really hope you get back into it. I love listening to your music. Yeah, we'll see, we'll see. But with that being said, make sure y'all click the link in the bio to become a supporter of this podcast. Everything is appreciated monthly, one time, whatever you can do. Just continue to help me make this podcast grow because I love giving y'all content. And if you love listening, help a brother out. With that being said. Eloquent, Q, Money, Marshall, Eloquent, Elliot, Quentin, whatever you want to go by yeah. nowadays. Appreciate you for coming on. Appreciate you for driving out and being on the pod. It means we'll everything, do, we'll, bro. we'll do this again. I really appreciate it. First time I've ever been on somebody else's podcast. I've only ever podcasted myself. I've never been invited to one. So Woo. I appreciate you be letting me be your first. Or let me be in my... Uh, uh, let me be the first for me, I guess. Yeah. Of course. That kind of sounded weird at first. <laughs> I ain't really too much care for that one. <laughs> I ain't too much care uh, for that. It's all good. But, yeah, for sure. Anytime. Anytime, man. I appreciate you. So Yeah, man. I love you, bro. I uh, love you, too. So, until next time, my top of the morning family. Top of the morning. 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 Hold on.